It is the weekly Locked On Big 12 crossover. The, the gang, the gang is back together. Josh Neighbors, Jake Hatch below me. To his right, John Williams. Above him, Stephen Simcox. Uh, he's also two. Oh, wait, no, there you go. This side. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about tonight. Dennis Dodd, an article about the Big 12 television contract. And also, the NCAA tournament. Expanding, adding more teams. All that and more is coming up on this edition of Locked On Big 12 Crossover. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is the Locked On Big 12 Crossover. Once again, I'll go this way now. Steven Simcox, he is the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. Below him is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners. To his left and then below me, it is Jake, <laughs> Jake Hatch, the host of Locked On Cougars, covering all things BYU. Uh, so, guys, I have been talking about the television contract for the Big 12 for a for a minute now. And we had our guy, Brett Yormark, today at Big 12 Media Days for Basketball talking about it. And he said, really, the, the big thing was, he said, in the next two weeks, we kind of want to make a decision on whether or not we're going to wait 16 months to start really having the guy, you know, to, to make a deal. Well, Dennis Dodd had an article that came out tonight and we're recording the 19th of October. So Wednesday night is when this is being recorded that the big 12 may secure a new media rights deal with current partners in a matter of weeks. And, um, you know, there's a lot of specifics. I encourage you all to go to cbssports.com and read the full article. All right, but but I think the upshot here is that the Big 12 is much closer to their television partners, Fox and ESPN, the Pac-12 was. The report from Andrew Marchand of uh, the New York Post was the Pac-12 and uh, the partners were over a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars apart. At least they and ESPN were. And now I, I think if we're going to be reporting that a a deal could happen here relatively soon. I would assume that the two parties in this one or multiple parties are not hundreds of millions of dollars apart. So Steven, when you see this, that the big 12 might have the deal and also you take into context, the stuff that Brett Yormark said today about, you know, we are willing to wait and whatnot. It's mixed messages. Sure. But I think overall it is encouraging about where the television future of the league is heading. I feel like it's a positive. I mean, I think Brett Yormark's a smart guy. He's a forward-thinking guy. Um, so this is not going to be like an embarrassing agreement where you're trotting out the press release and everybody's kind of clowning you for only getting so much revenue for certain schools. Um, I feel like it could bring us some clarity as well on on the Texas and OU kind of conundrum and, and where that stands. I know publicly they're still saying, hey, these two schools are committed to being here through 2025. Um, and it puts pressure – on the Pac-12, as, as you said, Josh, um, it, it's been out there that they couldn't get a deal done, and it was really because they're not in a great negotiating position. So all those things are really positive. Obviously, you do run the risk of in 16, 18 months if your brand is stronger or if um, there's been two or three more conference TV deals that have been done in the meantime that make yours look kind of small time, then that's – that's a problem, but I think the Big 12 is the strongest it's been in a while, like from a, a unity standpoint, from a brand standpoint, 
Um, and if nothing else, it give if you if you're still interested in expansion, which I believe every conference is, uh, it gives you something to kind of entice some of those West Coast schools with, right? Like, hey, we got a deal done, we got stability here. This you'll know what you're making. You don't have to wait to see what's going to happen. You don't have to wait to see if Washington's going to bounce. I'm just going to trust that Brett knows what he's doing and and that he's going to make a, a smart deal for the league and not rush this. Uh. You guys would have lost me there for a second. I'm back. Don't worry. It's fine. Um, I agree with everything you said. And and Jake, I think one big part of this is J.D. Pollard, the Iowa State – I'm supporting Iowa State tonight. Uh, the Iowa State Athletic Director tweeted this out the other day that the average viewership for uh, for the for the Big 12, it's third in terms of the conferences. It is behind the SEC and the ACC for average viewership of the game. Now, some of that stuff might be because Big Ten Network and whatnot is where some of the games are being put also – be honest, some of those Big Ten games have been pretty crappy. Um, and it kind of makes me think, like, really, the thing about this league that we're talking about now is there is no Stanford. Now, I know Stanford beat Notre Dame, but they've been horrible. There is no Colorado. There is no Arizona. There is no Arizona State. I know we're mentioning teams that might join the Big 12 eventually, but I mean, like, this season. And everything is so competitive. The games are so close. The games are so exciting. And I think this has been a – not a year that kind of turns the perception for television about, I mean, it could be, but like this has got to be a year that kind of is, is putting it on full display about how well the games can do for the big 12. I mean, we had the late night window, right. With the Baylor and BYU game do monster ratings. We've had, you know, I thought the ratings for the TC Oklahoma state game were really good considering the fact that it went up against Wisconsin and Michigan state who are bad, but have gigantic fan bases and also Tennessee and Alabama at the same time. And it drew over 2 million people. So I think this is, this is not a, it's not, I'm saying it's a banner year, but the strength of the league top to bottom is a really encouraging factor that I think is making it easier to come to a deal with the big 12 than it is for the, say, the Pac-12 with the television partners. Well, yeah, and I agree with you on that. And that's the thing about this is this is a huge opportunity, I think, for the Big 12 to just yet send another shot across the bow of the Pac-12 and say, hey, neener, 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 we, we, we beat you to the punch on this. And I think right. there's that there's that fi- fi- uh, the photo out there from Brett Yormark, that smirk at, at Big 12 uh, football media days that is kind of making the rounds on social media when something from him comes up. This is a dude, folks, he's got this East Coast, like, cutthroat attitude. Mm -hmm. I think he is hell-bent on sending a shot across the bow of the Pac-12 saying, yeah, I'm a player here. You You guys should pay attention to us. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock. Chris suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started tucking maxi pads into his shirt to soak up the sweat until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him. It was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon as well. Yeah, I think it's so, I mean, that, that this is why I brought him in, right? This is this is like one of the main reasons they brought him in. And I thought it was really good today to see the comment that he made, like, we will wait. It, you know, like he said, we have numbers that we have to hit. We will wait, but in the next, oh, go ahead, Jay, go ahead. Well, I was, was going to say, the, the other quote, 
when asked if he could increase on that 43 million payout that they've been mm-hmm. I'm a salesman. That, like the balls he right. had to make right. that statement on the record to Dennis Todd. I was like, right. okay, this guy, this guy's got some stones. Right. I mean, it, yeah. And it, it, look, he, you know, it, it, it is his job to say this a hundred percent. It is, um, you know, there's a big difference between what he said about, I can make this happen. And what George Klyavkov said when saying UCLA will regret going to the, going to the big 10, like you, there's no, there's no universe where that makes any sense at all. Right. And look, it's going to be really difficult for the Big 12 to, to, to bridge the gap of losing Oklahoma and Texas. There's no doubt about it. Now, I will say this. With all the news that we've heard about all the people that they're hiring and all the different companies that they are involved with now the Big 12, they're trying to make it up in the aggregate. Like, I fully ex- – I mean, this should happen in the next five years. I want to see Iowa State basketball with a patch from the Corn Farmers Association on their jerseys. It should happen. It's a revenue stream. It can make a lot of money – when you put 14 teams out there playing the major sports with patches on the uniforms, it needs to happen. Um, John, in, in your case, talking about the big, uh, the, the Oklahoma and Texas aspect of this, Fox is saying no dice. They're not going to give up their Oklahoma and Texas programming, not nor should they, uh, without fair compensation back. And so it seems like Oklahoma and Texas are locked in now. Yeah, probably for the first time since last summer, do I actually feel like Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the Big 12 through 2024 uh, into the 2025 uh, or the end of the 2025 school year. So I think it's just going to be, it is what it is. And I I mean, I like the new Big 12. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm not necessarily sad about getting to spend a couple more years doing locked on Big 12 roundtables with you guys. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm working through like a, a projected schedule for 2023 and 2024. And that first game that I have in Big 12 play for Oklahoma, fingers crossed, road trip to Provo. Like, let's make that happen. You know, (laughs) two, three and O teams meeting in Provo. Oklahoma BYU that just be a lot of fun so I think there's just there's a lot of really fun options um in the in the future big 12 like I said before many many times on this show and on our show on locked on Sooners I just wish they would have made this expansion happen earlier to where we could have mm-hmm. had these these top football programs at least top mid-major football programs added to the big 12 to strengthen it Brett Yormark's in a great position that the Pac-12 does not have solid footing the Big 12 does. It may not have the blue blood programs that the Big 10 or the SEC or the ACC have, but it has a really a lot of really strong programs. And I think we're seeing that this year, top to bottom. It's a very deep conference. In my opinion, the deepest conference in the country, even though Iowa State doesn't have a winning conference play, they've got the best defense in the conference. Those four losses by like three and a half points, points per game. Yeah, they combined 14 points on yes. four losses. And so, like, you can't sleep on Iowa State just because they they have the – I mean, they got the win over Iowa. That's huge. So, like, top to bottom, the Big 12 is doing a great job right now of advertising their product to the potential media partners to say, hey, let's get a deal done. And I think Brett Yormark's in a great position. He can get a really good deal done right now while the Pac-12 is floundering. Or he can say, hey, we feel really good about our bargaining position. We're willing to wait. And that's – and he talks about being a salesman, like – that is negotiation. You don't jump at the first deal if you don't like the deal. If you've got time, right. all that's going to do is just escalate the price. I equate it kind of to quarterback contracts in the NFL. You can sign a deal now and get a really good contract and get paid, or you can wait two years and watch everybody else get paid, and then you get paid more. So mm-hmm. 
I think the Big 12 is still going to be in a really good spot because even though they don't have maybe some of the major media markets like the West Coast has, they've got football powerhouse, like they football towns, like college towns that are going to do nothing else but watch football on Saturdays. From in four Iowa, separate windows too, right? right I mean, from Iowa State noon, to three, seven, ten. Yeah, from Provo to Orlando to Cincinnati to Morgantown to Lubbock, like everybody is all in on college football on Saturdays. It doesn't matter if you're a great team or not. You're going to have people watching. You're going to have people coming to the games. And the year when Kansas steps up and starts playing really good football, you're going to sell out that, and you're going to have college game day to go to Lawrence. So, right. A lot of really good things happening in the Big 12 country. I think it's great for the conference. Again, Oklahoma's leaving. I, I am excited about what is coming for the Oklahoma and the SEC and the potential matchups there. I am going to miss some of the things that Oklahoma could have had in the Big 12 had it stayed or had the Big 12 expanded earlier. I think the Big 12 is still a really strong conference, has got a great football brand, and is going to continue to build on that throughout this season and then in seasons to come as just the depth continues to increase. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great point with you know with waiting, and the other thing about waiting guys is like it's not just Fox and ESPN that, that are waiting at the end of the tunnel. It would be somebody else, and I, you know I I I say this podcast is awesome all the time. I think you guys should all go and listen to it out there. John O'Ran and Aaron Marshan do a great podcast, sports business podcast, and they basically are now doing weekly updates on the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and where they stand right now, and. Um, the Big 12's positioning, I mean, you know, they opened the window a little while ago and it sounds like they could get a deal done here if they want to. And the Pac-12 did not, I mean, they 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 made it out of their window. And I'm, I'm not hearing a whole lot, not hearing a whole lot in terms of like what's coming their way. And look, the thing, the thing for Brett Yormark is he can say right now, all right, guys, if you, you know, ESPN and Fox, if you guys want to keep us, meet our targets or and even pay a little bit more so we don't go to market because with all of the new players out there right now, you know, they there are a lot of people who would want to pay for content. And I guarantee you this, like, there's no Colorado stinker in the Big 12 that you're getting right now. You're not paying for that. And we saw Thursday night in Morgantown, West Virginia, and Baylor was an absolute, I mean, you know, somebody said it was like setting off fireworks inside of a, a hallway. Like that, you know, while while the god awful Bears game was going on against my Commanders, <laughs> so you know that's that's part of this, and I I think it's interesting. Um, I am really curious to see if they go full bore and put it all on all on Fox and ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all kind of agree. Like you know, we saw the wave, uh, the new wave come. Really curious, really curious if if it's all going to go to Fox and ESPN. Um, but I think with them, with, with them losing all the Big Ten, ESPN at least, a lot of holes that need to be filled. So there is that. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Let me add one thing. It doesn't necessarily correlate completely, but out here in Utah, we've got the Utah Jazz. Their streaming options have been, frankly, awful for the better part of three years now. And their new owner, Ryan Smith, actually was on my on my radio show today talking about that. And he's also now part owner of Real Salt Lake in Major League mm-hmm. Soccer. And they just sold all of their rights to Apple. And I think most people out there know about this. And he made the comment, this experiment, what MLS is doing with their rights, giving them all to Apple, all streaming all over the internet, 
is it's going to be a case study that all the other leagues are going to look at here. And you can guarantee Brett Yormark, the Big 12, and every other league out there is going to pay very close attention to how MLS does early on with that on Apple. And it probably is going to kind of, I think, set the framework for how streaming is going to play a role moving forward with regards to these media rights. Yeah, it's it's the first full, you know, full all out yeah. thing Apple has done with sports, right? Right. It took the one game a week yeah. for or one or two games a week for baseball. And this is the first all out. And, and it's, the, it's the first league to go all in on streaming as well. Right. That's the other thing about this. This is the first all in everything on a streaming platform. It's going to be a case study that every league, NBA, MLB, NFL, mm-hmm. all of them, all college football, they're all looking at this, wondering how it's going to go. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all of your football betting. And also, the start of basketball is here as well. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing and golf that's right it's bet online bet online it's where the game starts all right let's move on to the next topic here everybody this is a really interesting one and i uh, i don't know how i feel well i know how i feel about it um there's a lot of talk about expanding the ncaa tournament from greg sankey to kevin warren to jim phillips not a brett your mark uh, i guess george klavkos probably gonna be asked about it too there is discussion of expanding the NCAA tournament. I don't know to how many teams. Does anybody know what the number they're talking about here? I mean, like, does anybody know? They're, they're mentioning expanding it. Insert number that you want, essentially, is what I'm taking. That, that is a multiple of four. In, <laughs> insert multiple of four beyond 68 here, correct? Yeah, is, exactly. that, is that what I'm understanding yeah. it? Yeah, 96, 120. Yeah, I, they were talking about 96 earlier. I, I haven't heard the most so, recent update, but 96 was what I heard last time. So we play a lot of basketball games every year, right? Like there, there is, you play like 30 college hoops games, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about teams getting snubbed. It's never like, man, we just didn't get to see them enough. <laughs> Nobody's ever like, oh, I just, I just don't know if Colorado was good enough to get in. I don't know if Baylor was good enough, you know, or whoever it is was good enough to get in. Um, I, I love the NCAA tournament. We all do. It's, it's like the best postseason in any sport. I think, it, I think it just is. Why money? Sure. But like how much extra money does more games in Dayton or expanded first round tournament? Like how much does it net you? And I mean, what are we really like, what are they doing with that? I mean, Steven, what's your thought? What's your thought on the expanded NCAA tournament? Like, I'm just wondering how, how much do we really need for the tournament when everybody already agrees right now that it's perfect? Yeah, I mean, it just seems completely unnecessary. Like, is, right. is this all really just because Buzz Williams and Texas A&M didn't make the NCAA <laughs> tournament last year? Like, that's who we're saving, the Texas A&M basketball program? And listen, I know a lot of Aggies in my life. I, I love them. But I, I bet you, uh, I would say 60 to 70% of Aggie fans, if you ask them to name more than one Texas A&M basketball player before the SEC tournament last year, they could not have done that. They were already on to, you know, their 2023 recruiting class. They were looking at baseball and what Jim Sloshnagel was going to do. They were not watching 
Aggie basketball. Like we just, we don't need this. I think the, the play in games were kind of a nice addition. I don't typically watch them, but if you want to watch that on a Tuesday night, it's there. Right. And then you get into the real tournament and it's perfect. It's Thursday, Thursday through Sunday, those first two rounds, you could argue there's probably nothing better in sports from just a sheer like gluttonous. I'm just going to sit in front of the TV and watch college basketball for 96 straight hours, but there's no need to add more teams. I don't need more games on that channel that Impractical Jokers is on. That I can't true think TV, of baby. True TV right now. True yeah. TV. It's yep. True TV Awareness Week is what they call it when that happens. I mean, I, I like that they added the inside the NBA guys to the uh, pre- and post-game coverage. It's a joke. But you know, I mean, we, Charles Barkley's got no clue. Who he is. He doesn't know are. anything about college basketball. Is Georgetown good? Yes. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> what's Patrick Ewing doing? <laughs> But to answer your question, though, it's just it's unnecessary. Now, like, will we watch it? I, I mean, probably. It, it's sort of like Thursday night football every week. Like, we complain about it, but also people are still watching it. And, and you know, the NFL continues to do it. I'm sure they'd make some money off of it. But, like, who are we saving here? It, teams get snubbed. It's unfortunate. They complain about it. But at the end of the day, like, they're not going to win a national title. And – and also, I know these tournaments aren't really cared about that much, but there's the NIT, there's the CBI. Like, there's places for teams that don't. Well, make I the guess, tournament but, but here's the thing, Stephen. Like, those tournaments are kind of the reason why this is happening because they make, like, the CBI does not exist if it doesn't make money because it's on television, right? Sure. The CIT doesn't exist. And it's the same reason we mentioned these bowl games that they exist because they make more money. And look, mm-hmm. like, I think my point is, like, d- we're already greedy enough as it is. And here's the thing, John, when we talk about the college ball playoff expansion, we're talking about access for the top six conference champions. How many conferences can all the conferences already get access? Yeah. Like you said, when you're unless you're Bellarmine meeting last year and you get job, um, you know, everybody's getting access to this thing. So like, you know, we're, and I'll give you guys here the top four seeds last year from the last year's NIT Dayton, Oklahoma, A&M, an SMU. Like hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah, brother. Let's get these guys in there. We gotta see them. We gotta get yeah. and while while we're at it, let's add Wake Forest. Let's add Washington State, who is 19 and 14 in St. Louis, and BYU is 22 and 10. Like, here's the thing: the college football playoff expanding access feels important to us. It feels like something that should happen, John. We're not expanding access at the tournament. It's not like these schools, like AM and SMU and uh, whoever else I just mentioned. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They all have a chance. It's not like, I mean, the, yeah. the Big 12 sends like eight teams every year, right? Yeah. It, it, it was not fun watching Oklahoma lose to St. Bonaventure in the NIT. It would definitely be less fun watching Oklahoma get blown out by whatever the number one seed they'd get matched up again as right. the whatever the, the 20 seed in their region or whatever. It's like when McDonald's came out with the triple cheeseburger. It was something that nobody asked for. The double cheeseburger was just fine as it was. Uh, Nobody needs a triple cheeseburger. Nobody needs a 96-team NCAA tournament. I'm all for college football playoff expansion for the reasons Josh just listed. It, It provides access to the top conference champions. It gives everybody a little bit more to play for throughout the regular season. If you have two losses, you're not automatically done. You have options. Going from whatever it is now to close to 100 teams, it it's all a money grab. That's all it is. None of it makes sense. Yes, a team could get hot and go on a run. 
How often is that going to happen? I find it to be very unlikely and not very often. It, I, I kind of watched the NCAA tournament. I'm not as into it as most people are just because again, it's oversaturation of college basketball. And I might like, I'll get into it at, at certain times, but it just, there's so much sports on, it's just hard to keep up with everything. And, you know, now having to watch if Oklahoma makes a 96 team NCAA tournament and having them watch or play uh, South Florida or Pepperdine or something like that. It's just like, I'll watch it, but right. I'm not going to have a good time doing it. There, there's a field of 60. Like the thing is too, is I, these teams, could they make a run? Like you, like you said, yes, but like there's a field of 68 teams. You can't make that. I mean, it's not like college ball playoff where we're cutting you off, you know, and some teams just don't get a seat at the table. Like everybody gets a everybody gets a chance here to to absolutely go. And and also, Jake, I, I want to tell you, like, uh, get your thought on this. There is an expansion of the NCAA tournament. It happens the previous week and a half. It's called the conference tournaments, and yeah. they're bonkers and they're bananas and they're a ton of fun. And look, a lot of times there, you know, every single year there is usually a Cinderella, right? Georgia Tech a couple of years ago mm-hmm. makes that stampede through. Georgetown made their stampede through the Big East a couple years ago, and Patrick Ewing group, Ewing's group got in. Uh, the Oregon State Beavers, who ended up being an Elite Eight team, right? Yeah. They made their storm for the Pac-12 tournament. We get that the week before. The, the problem is, I think they just think by putting the branding of NCAA tournament on the stuff, it's going to give it more exposure, which it probably does. But, I mean, if you're a College Hoops fan, like we already get the, preamp- the preamble is the conference tournament, in my opinion. I think, I think there's so much excitement about that bubble aspect of the conference tournament, you're going to take away part of the appeal of that now. Well, and that, that's the thing about it is if it becomes too too big where you're having teams literally with losing records getting in, is that going to make people be like, eh, okay, really? Is this how we're going to go about this stuff? Are we are we looking at the 7-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks right. of, of, of NFL years past? Like That's the stuff you have to be concerned with. How big do you ultimately expand this to? I, I can speak frankly for BYU's sake because I really think they face a huge uphill climb to compete in this Big 12 with regards to basketball. Mm. Frankly, if BYU finishes in the top half of the Big 12 in their first five years in the conference, I'll be absolutely floored. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. But an expanded field would give them more hope of making an NCAA tournament. And that's that's kind of the, the trade-off you make here is how many uh, how many fan bases are you going to give that legitimate hope to? Because we're seeing the college football playoff expansion in college football. With 12 teams, you give a lot more fan bases hope of making that field. So now it's kind of the same thing with basketball. But you don't want to make it too big because, yeah, if you have like, let's say, a, a 13 and 17 Oklahoma State one year makes the tournament, people are going to be like, really? That's a tournament team? Is that what we're really going for here? That's the that's the risk you run. Yeah, this is such an interesting conversation about this. And look, I mean, we say this now, and and I'm for playoff expansion uh, college football-wise. I'm sure we will all watch the NCAA tournament that expands as well. But like – there is a when you trade at when you trade excellence for access, that's fine to me. We're talking about four to 12 and you're expanding access when every single conference winner at the division one level is already getting a seat at the table. Everyone's got the access now. Look, maybe a couple teams that had spectacular seasons at the lower level who missed out in the conference tournament, right? How many times do we see like a 26 and three Ohio Valley team 
lose to like a 28 and four Ohio Valley team, right? Murray State loses to Belmont or whatever, has to go to the NIT. We do see that. But my gut tells me that's going to be more of the uh, Syracuses as 18 and 15, the Oklahomas at 18 and 15, the BYUs at 22 and 10, then it will be your other schools, like we mentioned, you know, a Long Beach State or a St. Bonaventure. Hey, or, go you know, 49ers, I, Long Beach State, baby. Yeah, I, I also, right here, I mean, Belmont guys last year went 25 and 7, uh-huh. and they didn't make the tournament. Uh, so just kind of give you guys an example. That's kind of where we're at with this. All right, guys. So just make sure you oh, don't ahead, let, just don't make sure you let teams in with losing records. Like if you got yeah, a team yeah. that's on the bubble that has a losing record, bypass them and go and, on to a team with a twenty-five and seven record. Like let you know, just don't do that. Like a whole lot of six and ten ACC teams getting in there. Yeah, let's. That's, it's always that's, oh, Clemson won six games. Right. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Like I think you're right. Like because you know Oklahoma fans were upset that Oklahoma didn't make the tournament after you know kind of going on a good run towards the end of the season. Right you know, beating Baylor in the big 12 tournament, but they fell short. Like they didn't win their semifinal game. They didn't make the final. So they didn't really have much room leg to stand on, on that. Have a better regular season. You have better, a better chance of making it to the NCAA tournament. I think it just kind of, I know it's the thing that everybody argues with college football playoff is that you water down the regular season at this point. Like if you're going to expand it, just make it a, just seed everybody at the beginning of the year and make one big tournament a free for all and see what happens one to however many teams are in basketball and just play a whole tournament and don't even play a regular season. It is like a good benchmark. Like if you're a power five coach and you can't get to a 96 team tournament yeah. in like one or two seasons, it's just like automatically, okay, we can fire this guy. We can move on. Is the next. SEC a 13 bid league? It's like, Oh my God, what? Yeah. See 13. You know, seven and seven and twelve in the league gets you in this year. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah, you, you beat Alcorn State five times in non-conference. I guess we were slide on in now. I mean, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's, oh, because just it, it's so funny because we're having these two conversations. You know, like it the college football playoff conversation was this like necessary conversation that we had, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, it's like, well. Are we going to have 108 teams in the college basketball? They was like, what? what? Like, well, what? Why? Like, you know, there's no reason to, nobody asked this. Like, you know, people, you know, Jim Phillips is like, you know, people are asking, yeah, who, Jim Beheim? Because he yeah. threatens to retire every year and his team goes 18 and 16 and doesn't make the damn tournament. Like, that's all who it is, man. People are stopping Jim Phillips on the street and they're like, when? When are we getting more NCAA tournament teams? Jim, we need all four tobacco road teams. We need to, we really right. need to expand the NCAA tournament. I want to see the playoff, in there the every year. The play- <laughs> hey, as a guy who's had a team in the West Coast Conference for the last, however long they've been in Independence, 12 years for BYU, I can tell you, San Francisco, San Diego, Santa Clara, those programs like, yes, expand. We want we we want to go 20 and 12 and get in. Please. <laughs> and that makes sense. Good, like, I mean, because they got their ass kicked by BYU for for uh, oh. by you know by Gonzaga for like you Gonzaga, know since the Vietnam War. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. And it, yeah, so like for those schools, it it does make a bit more sense, right? Because besides load up their non-conference schedules, like what can they really what can they do? Because any loss they really receive is a bad loss and any, and any win they have is always going to be graded on a curve. So there are other schools out there that make a difference, but like, if we're, but we're talking about like the money-making schools, like, I mean, look, you play in the ACC, big 12, Pac-12, Pac-12, whatever it is. Like, I know, I, I know how good you are. Big East, 
Like we like when you play thirty basketball games, we kind of know. We, we we you know it's. Has anybody ever gone to the tournament? And like I, I'm just not sure. I haven't seen enough tape on the team. <laughs> no. I, I think yeah. Uh, all right, time to plug. I know everybody has children they have to get to. I have a dog I have to get to. Stephen Simcox. Um, how how is the family? First of all, hope everybody's doing well. No, we have a Good. new baby. How's how's new baby doing? We're good. One month old is, you know, sleeping in like four or five hour stretches now. So that's great. It's a great update. Um, and he's experiencing a TC Hornfrog renaissance in football. So this is, this is a really wonderful. Welcome to life for him. Uh, I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show is at locked on TCU locked on horn frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube, a uh, big game night game against Kansas state coming up on Saturday evening. On so FS one. Yeah. FS one. Get bumped by baseball, but yeah, we uh, we're putting out plenty of content previewing that. So Follow me and all those accounts there. Can't wait to hear your infant child's thoughts on Max Duggan's development. <laughs> John, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and the show is Locked On Sooners everywhere. And Stephen, I hope your kid does better than my kid. My kid always wants to be the front runner. So when Texas was leading 35 nothing against Oklahoma, a couple weeks back, my daughter Ellie is just wanting to, yay, Texas. Blah, blah. <laughs> like, shut it, man. That yeah, is, my six year old had we had a, we had to explain, we had to explain to him last week. He was like, Well, we root for the Cowboys every Sunday, so I'm gonna root for the Cowboys. And I was like, No, <laughs> these are these are different Cowboys. We don't like yep. these, these Cowboys. We're We've had a lot of talks about loyalty every Saturday yeah. this year. There you know, <laughs> does, good stuff. Does your child understand Steven? That they're like different Cowboys. Does he, does he understand the concept? I mean, he was confused on Saturday. It was really throwing him for a loop. He's like, why are they playing today? Why are they yeah. wearing orange? And they're going to play on Thursday. When? Cooper Rush looks different, dad. He's- yeah. <laughs> He can run. <laughs> Rush looks much different, Dad. That's what you say about that. All right, Jake, we're going to find you in your work. Well, I think we've established that baby Simcox is TCU's luck, lucky charm. I, yes. I, I, for certain. But uh, all things BYU, you can follow me, Jacob C. Hatch, on Twitter, Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter as well. And it's Locked on Cougars wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. Georgia State highlights have popped up. Uh, all right. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at LO Big 12. Find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. Get the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Comment. Let us know what you thought, your thoughts about an expanded NCAA tournament and also about the Big 12's potentially impending TV contract. All right, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Talk to you guys soon.